If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric. You got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Welcome to to Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Electric People. We got... Coach D, the one and only Howdy. Jason Elstra in the house. What's up, Jason? What's up? I was thinking about something, and I was thinking about this. You're kind of like BJ Novak. You know BJ Novak from The Office? I do Which not. Which character is But it? you got to tell me character. He plays Ryan. Oh, okay, yes. Okay. The one that Michael yes. Scott like, really yes. likes. Right? Yes. Because in real life, he is one of like the genius writers of that show and also plays like a pretty important part like on the actual staff. So Jason is... So I'm a genius and I play an important part on the staff. Yeah, dude, you, 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 you serve you two sum parties. Me up. Also you sum little, me up. He's also a little smug and a little arrogant. <laughs> and has <laughs> an office also... in a closet. No. <laughs> no, but here's why. Because because the the people that know you in the industry, you serve a very, very important role, but you're also very connected to our sales team. So for you guys that are listening uh, today, uh, Jason is a VP of marketing. So he runs, and in, in our business, we have, and a lot of guys that are in direct sales, you kind of have two um, target audiences, right? You have your external brand, which is the brand that our customers see, and you know the reason that they're attracted to the company. But then the other massive uh, batch of customers are, are people that choose to work here. Right. And I would say that most of your marketing and appeal is the experience for the people that work here, which has become a massive part of this industry. And that's something that you've been a part of for pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you look at marketing in general. I went to school for for marketing and you look at it in general, you're bringing in leads. And there's a great way to bring in leads, and that's a direct-to-home sales team. So equipping them with the things they need to bring in leads, that's marketing. Well, and traditional, when you think of marketing, you always think of a brand that a company is projecting out into the marketplace, right? It's commercials, it's their branding, all that stuff. And what I find really interesting with your job and your team is it's almost exclusively internal. It's like you're building our own internal brand to where somebody comes and works for us and we're selling them on our internal brand that we have, which is the league and you know all the incentives that we do and all that stuff. It's all created by you and your team and um, it's just really, really interesting. Where did that come from? Because when we started Event Solar, we didn't have the league. We didn't have all this internal branding. I mean, we always kind of did incentives and like that kind of stuff, but there was a, a moment in time where it switched to where it became like an official you know, brand that we built within the structure internally in the company. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it just came from basically my life, like how I grew up, uh, what I enjoyed doing, uh, the way I enjoyed communicating with people. And I love solving problems. Like you ask anybody that grew up with me, I love to solve problems. So when I looked at everything that we were trying to accomplish as a company, and then I looked at what I wanted to do for a job, it sort of pieced together pretty well. We have a ton of uh, employees out there that are built like athletes. I love sports. Um, we're, we're selling a product. I love marketing. So being able to pull all of that together and, you know, you say we do internal. Well, being able to talk to the sales rep that then goes and talks with the customer, I'm influencing that conversation every day as well. So I feel like the, the whole thing just sort of uh, came together as how do we motivate, incentivize, and get these sales reps to go out there and tell our message as a company the right way uh, while doing it at a very high level. And I feel like that's what the league became. Yeah. And I think, Adam, I think you're right because there was like a, like a switch, like a time before the league 
And then all of a sudden the league was here and the company felt different after that. Um, and I don't know, correct me if, if I'm wrong or if you feel like it's different, but you know, when you start a company, a lot of us were here when we were, there was so much work to be done. Like we knew we had a product, we knew we had direct sales talent, but there was a lot to do. It, it's like we were building a house and building the league is like painting the walls and hanging the pictures, right? Like there's so much work to be done before you can focus on the stuff that you really want yeah. to do. And I feel like the business kind of got to a point where we had good systems, we had really good leadership, we had a really good product. And so the time was right to say, hey, let's take this experience and now let's do the extra you know, 20%. So maybe describe what the league is for the people that don't work here or haven't heard about it. Yeah, the, the league's basically our sales platform to help our sales reps uh, be the best that they can be. So we give them the tool set that they need to be able to go out there, make more money, uh, enjoy their job, enjoy their lifestyle. And so when you put all of that together, we got to equip them with the right tools, um, you know, the right experience. We have to make them want to stay here, want to be here. So if you look at the league, that's what it incorporates. It incorporates, how do I wake someone up every day wanting to be successful? How do I get them out of bed, get them out there doing their job and having a good time doing that job? And then with any sales rep or any sales organization, how do we reward them for doing a great job? And I, the, the league just pulls that together. And the fun thing for me is it pulls it together much like a sporting organization uh, like the NFL. I always uh, compare the league to the NFL. Like we have our own little NFL. We have teams across the country and those teams work together to accomplish a goal. They're always, you know, winning together, working together. So I, you know, I get to do what I love doing sports and marketing sales. It's almost like this job was like created for specifically for Jason Delstra. Like, I feel like you found your true calling. Like when you were in college, do you imagine in your wildest dreams that you'd be working at a company where you refer to everyone you work with as an athlete or as and, your friend and as your friend you and know? you're working with your best buds, making a bunch of money, you handcrafted the entire, you know, platform that our sales org operates in. Um, and it's just like, you're making these, insane. I always, I always, whenever people ask me like, what does Jason do? Um, I always say whatever Jason wants <laughs> truth. But, uh, I always say he's like the Dana white of our company. You know what I mean? Like if, if this is the UFC, like Jason is the one who like organizes it all, you know? Yeah. And, and I actually, I, when I, you say you tell people that the league is like the NFL, I always say it's like the UFC. Cause remember when the UFC started, it was like, there wasn't any real order to it. There was a bunch of bad, but dudes. it was successful and everyone was attracted to it, That's but there right. was no organization. Yeah. So you had like, you had like no weight classes and guys could, could break bones and all this kind of stuff. And so how do you grow in the UFC? And then Dana White and the Fratello brothers, is that their names? They bought it and they, I heard a thing where they actually embraced some of like the rules and stuff like that. And they created weight classes and they created structure. And now if you're a fighter, you know how you progress, right? You go into like, kind of like the league or the, the, you know, the, the platform. Yeah. And then you work your way through it and eventually you can be a champion. And I feel like that's kind of what you've brought to people that have that same like tenacity or hunger that their sport is direct sales. Yeah. And, uh, you know, flip that and take my view on everything. So when I was growing up, I wanted to be an athlete, right? I wanted to play professional sports. Uh, I wasn't necessarily blessed with the uh, body structure that might, you know, get most people there. I know there's a lot of people like me that are playing professional sports, so I'm not using that as an excuse. But that was what I wanted to do. It sounds like it, Jason. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but hey, make no mistake, guys. Uh, Jason, Del I'm putting it out there right now. Jason Delstra is the by far, in my opinion, top to bottom, the best athlete at Sunrise. The best intramural like athlete all or, like in Utah <laughs> County, he, he hands may not, down. He may, not do. be, he may not be like the very best in the company at like one specific sport, but like if I had to say I'm picking, you know, my team and we're going to do a decathlon of sporting events, Jason is the number one pick. There's not even a close second 100%. Pick, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> 
Um, all right, anyway, all right. so yeah, right, Jason, don't undersell yourself. You're a very, you're an accomplished athlete. You heard it from Adam. How right? many he intramural? Hey, how many intramural championships you got? A lot. You got? Even a tennis. Do one. you I've never played tennis in my have life? A, <laughs> I have a doubles tennis intramural champion. Who is your partner. Thank you, Tyler Unsicker. Uh, he played tennis. Okay. But what I was really good at, and what I found out that tennis players are not good at, is talking trash. And so if you can get, get all I have a great, space, I have a great Delstra tennis story. If you story. can get in a t- in a uh, tennis player's head, you win, hundred hey, percent of the time. So can I tell the, our story from? Yeah, uh, then I'll go back. Where what, where was that? It was in uh, uh, Key West. Okay, so we did one of our our all star trips in Key West one year, and um, I was Mark, told Mark, bring your racket because we're playing. So Mark and I, um, Mark Toon. Uh, Mark's a really good tennis player, and I had started playing tennis pretty regularly at my little club that's near my house. And then Nick Yuha is also our one of our DM in Baltimore. Is a he's a really good tennis player too. So I needed a doubles partner, and Mark and Nick are like best buds. So I like I have no idea if Jason can even play. He's like, oh, I'm great. I'm really good. No, at no, I told you I'm not good at tennis, but I'm really good at everything. So, <laughs> so fair statement. So I'll Jason, F-I-O, comes, dude, I'll figure it out. Jason comes and literally by the end of the match, Nick Yuha hated Jason because <laughs> and Mark and Mark hated him because Jason was talking so much trash and then. He was just like doing all these incredible athletic moves and like just spiking everything. And I'm just oh, loving it, man. It was so it was great. So funny. You had to be there. Actually, it's not that great of a story on a podcast. Well, I know Jason I'm, and I picture the incredible athletic moves and they're yeah, extended and like look backs. And they stuff. were great. Side yeah. spin, top spin, <laughs> backwards spin, all of it. All right. So uh, anyway, so, so yeah, so I want to, I want to be an athlete, right? Um, well, on my mission, I served a two-year mission out in Korea, and I meet this guy, and he works for Nike. And he's like, you should work for Nike. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I should work for Nike. That's exactly what I should do because I'm probably not going to play you know, sports when I get home, but I could be a part of sports, and I could work with Nike. So when I get back, I you know, go to college, and I'm studying marketing and business, and I'm thinking you know, end goal is Nike. Well, we do a couple projects with Utah Jazz. I'm like, oh, I could do sports marketing. Sports marketing would be amazing. I think I'd be great at that. So, you know, long story short, at the end of my college tenure, I have an opportunity to work at Nike. I have an opportunity to, uh, well, on the day I'm walking, I get a phone call from the Utah Jazz saying, you have a job. My wife wants to stay in Utah, so we decided to go with the, the sports marketing job. But that's what I wanted to do. Like Those were the things that interested me. Those are the things that I thought I would build my career off of. But there was something missing when I took that job with the Utah Jazz. And that other thing was something else that was very, very important to me. And that is people, like communicating with people and being around others and motivating others. And I, I, I looked at it and I was like, I want to be a coach. Like I want to, I want to grow people. Like I want to help people be better at something. And if I can do that, then I find fulfillment. So put all of that together. And that's my job right now. But you know, what's interesting. Coach D was born. And thus coach I'm just D imagining, in 2008 was born. I'm just, I want to see Jason walking down a hall with a whistle in basketball shorts and a t-shirt at all times. That's a coach. So, out. Hey, that's a coach. Hey, outfit. I got a four-year-old Briggs, complete stud. His wish for Christmas, his wish for Christmas was a blue whistle. <laughs> Santa brought that thing. Simpler times. Santa brought that thing. <laughs> the, uh, but so here's the interesting thing is you say, you know, the, this job was made for you or whatever. I actually think that you did. You were in your kind of like your your flow state, right? The, the the part where you're like doing the thing that you were kind of born to do. But I think that's something that that job didn't exist before, right? Like it's not something where they're like, hey, we're looking for somebody to run marketing. This person has to be able to build us a structure. They have to be able to create fun incentives. That was all stuff that you envisioned and did. And I think our best leaders do that, right? It's like they'll, they, they take an opportunity and then they take their personality and their goals and their desire and their unique contribution. And then they make a product that nobody else could make. Like think about, think about our core staple people. You as an example, we could hire a new VP of marketing, but it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. And I think, I think leadership has a lot to do there. Like I was, I was doing a job for a long time. And then when I got that autonomy to really go out there and um, sort of progress what I was doing. When I got the ability to think through how 
we could do things better. And I was, I guess, for lack of a better term, given the keys to the car. That was when I uh, was able to accomplish what, what we have. And so I think it goes to leadership too. So any leaders out there, like if you have somebody that, you know, you think has potential or, or whatever, let them run, see what they can come up with. Is your wife ever annoyed at how much you like your job? Um, she, she used to laugh at it more. Uh, now, um, I think we've done a really good job, especially at, at Vivint Solar Sunrun of bringing the family into the business, which, you know, I had a boss one time. It's like, there's business and there's family and it never sat well with me. I was like, no, like I, I'm at, I'm at work a lot of the day. I, I don't want to separate the two. Like I want to bring the two together. And Vivint Solar has allowed that to happen. And so Shaylee used to laugh at it before, but now she's like, hey, you know, when do I get my swag? You know, uh, when do we get to go on the trips? Dude, Shaylee's incredible. She is. She, I, I, this is my favorite Shaylee story. You've heard it a thousand times. She's the best. I hope she listens to this and understands that she's changed my life. Shaylee <laughs> Delstra changed my life. Because one of the things, the, the reason that you come to Sunrun as a rep, right, is three reasons. One, to earn. Two, to become and three, to experience, right? Like it does all of that for you. But let's take number three, and we were in Paris on a league trip, right? So I'm with my wife, my buds are there, Jason and Shaylee are there, and we were like looking for the best uh, like cookies or whatever, and what do we keep eating? We kept eating gelato, gelato. gelato and crepes and stuff. So we're in Paris, and we're gonna get a, a, a cab back to our hotel, and it starts raining. Right. So we're just like lovers in Paris in the rain. No big deal. And I'm like scripted. Yeah. And I'm like kind of grumpy because I'm getting all wet and rainy. Wants his gelato. It's yeah. Raining. And it's like, let's just go back to the hotel. And Shaylee and Jason are like, hey, let's walk back. And it starts raining. So these two kick their shoes off or their flip flops and run barefoot in the rain down the Paris streets back to their hotel. And I was like, when in Paris, run in the rain. Like, I literally am like, dude, Shaylee Delstra taught me that you experience life when you're in those moments. But that's like how Jason is. Like, the two of you guys are like, I picture you like being competitive and like laughing all the time. I don't know if that's how it is at the Delstra house. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And now we have our kids in there. They do the same exact thing. I remember <laughs> Shaylee's just dismay at Jason when we were on another league trip in, uh, I think, Florence, Italy. And Jason was trying to sell the guy at the door on letting us skip like 300 people in we line. We need to cut the picture in because Jason was dressed trying, like a tour guide. Jason's trying to act like a tour guide and get us in the, in the David or whatever. Yeah. And Shaylee's just looking at me and just like shaking her head. Just like, this is what I have to deal with every day. And he's in like, an this argument is, this with is, like yeah, Jason's Italian literally like arguing with someone. Museum people. And he's, Jason's actually defending the tour guide industry because yeah. he was so convinced. I was a tour guide. He was so convinced that he was a tour guide he's like no we have the ability to skip the line like these guys have paid me like you know like he's selling it and i'm just like jason talk about talk about the leagues um talk about the experience there because really there's lots of places where if you can sell well you can earn well and there's a lot of places that will give you the opportunity to build and have that autonomy but one of the reasons personally that i work here is because we put a real emphasis on once in a lifetime experiences so what are What's the, the, like the philosophy behind that? And then what are some of the experiences that you and your team have created for uh, the athletes here? I think I can go back to just one, one like experience that really flipped the way I thought about the, I mean, the experience for the sales reps. But I go back to one moment. I gave out Rolex watches. We had an incentive where you won a Rolex watch. And we gave it to the winners of the Rolex watch. And I got four emails asking if they could get something different. Can I get a different band? Can I get <clears throat> like this other watch? It's the same price. Is this at, at Inc? <clears throat> it was here, but oh. it was early. It was early on, but we got, we got those emails back and happened a ton in my career. But at that moment I said, how do I change things? How do I make things different so that I don't have anybody that I spend money on coming back to me and saying, man, I really wish it would have been this, or I wish it would have been this. Mm -hmm. And um, at the moment, I didn't really think like how easy it would be, but it's actually been really easy. You create life experiences that people wouldn't do on their own. 
and it changes them. It changes the way they think about it. It changes the way they think about, you know, what you're giving them because you're bringing something into their lives that they wouldn't have brought into their lives before. And we've done some amazing things and we've been able to build on that. And the economies of scale is straight up crazy. But what we did in New Zealand this last year, I mean, I don't think there's a better experience out there than what we were able to provide in, in New Zealand. And anytime you talk to anybody about that experience, it was the greatest experience of their lives. But that was it. It was that one moment. Well, and that was, yeah, because I'm, I'm that way. Like, I'm not, I always say I don't like to eat money. Like, I don't like to go to expensive dinners for me. And I don't like to go on crazy expensive trips. But with the league, it's like you have the opportunity to, to get compensated very highly for what you do and then get this on top. And so, um, you know, in New Zealand, I, my 10-year-old was with me. Rocco was with me. Right. And we're flying around and like he's ruined because he thinks that like your job <laughs> takes you to New Zealand and flies you on mountaintops he's to the, helicopters. He's the better Delstra, right? <laughs> Except for your wife called or your wife was talking to you or texted me us on a thread or something. And Rocco said, that's the only Delstra I'm not better than. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But anyways, um, you know, I, when I look at things like the New York stock exchange, you know, go through some of those experiences because they're truly unique. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you got to take advantage of your, of your situation that you have, like, like what's at your disposal. And, and we looked at the New York stock exchange. Um, we were on, uh, the, the NICE. And so we had an opportunity to communicate with the people at the New York stock exchange and say, Hey, what would it take for us to provide an experience for our reps that do an exceptional job, um, to come to the New York stock exchange, which is heavily guarded, you need IDs to get in. Right. You need to be approved to get in. No one can just walk up to that place and, and, and walk in. And so we, we talked to them. You know, there's a relationship there. And we utilize that relationship to build an experience for our reps. Um, I, w I rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. Our reps rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. Um, we signed the book. J.D. Rockefeller signed the book. We signed the book. Um, we got to write our names on, on the wall at the New York Stock Exchange. We got to take over the whole floor. All of our, all of our, uh, our logos were on the whole floor. Like People don't get those experiences in their lives. And those are the types of things that other people saw that I was able to do. And they're just like, wow, like, how, how do you do that? Like, what, what are you doing for business? Like, what do you do for work? And it, it just attracts people. Do you think that my kid and your kid, their story will be we met in New Zealand on a league trip that Jason orchestrated? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Rocco, <laughs> Rocco and June. Uh, Rocco yeah. and Rocco June. would have to bring it to get to June's level, but, man. Those but big that, brown eyes. But that's, dude, what I'm I'm saying, that's what I'm saying right there is that is a unique experience, and I love that I'm a part of creating that. You had an amazing time with your kid on a work trip. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that happens out out in the world. No, like. it'll never, I mean, that trip that I took, um, my middle June on that trip and she was nine. And I mean, she still talks about that trip weekly. I mean, she's always asking me if she can go through the photos. Like, I mean, it's an incredible experience. So, yeah. well, it's crazy too, because I see the, um, like Adam and I spend a lot of time recruiting. Right. And so a lot of times, you know, you'll take guys, we do, we do the New York stock exchange every year. We also do the Nike headquarters where the reps get to go, you know, based on the results of a competition, they get a private tour of the Nike facility, which people, you can't do that. And then they get to go blow a ridiculous amount of money at the Nike employee store, which is worth double, which is worth double. <laughs> yeah. But the guys, like I, I get to see their, their Instagram accounts when people are like, bro, who are you? What are you yeah. doing? And they reach out to those people and then they come on board. And that's, that, that's why I'm saying like back to like the value that you provide to the team, bringing those guys in, there's certain people that only get attracted that way. Yeah. Jace, walk us through the Nike deal. We have a lot of new people um, at the company that weren't here when we, you know, started the, the the partnership with Nike. Can you walk, especially our new people, through how that deal came together, why they were interested in us, um, and the exclusivity of the deal as well? Yeah, uh, go back to 2011. Um, you know, one, I was a Nike guy. I always, always loved Nike. I always wanted to be a part of Nike. I'm a Nike. I wear Nike all the time. Uh, my, my wife calls me a brand snob. She bought Adidas for Christmas and I told her she had to throw them away. Anyway, that's Huey. who, that's who I am. And so that's who I've sort of always been. Um, go back to 2011 with Vivint, you know, I wondered why, why can't we get like a deal? We spent a lot of money. Why can't we get a deal with, with Nike to do shoes? 
we walk streets all day. Like, why can't we get a deal? So we went and talked to them and I had some connections from, you know, back going to college. Um, a couple other people we worked with had some connections. We set up some meetings. We got out there. Uh, we talked with them. Uh, we ordered uh, 7,000 pairs of shoes and we got 5% off. And that was the deal. Like they don't give that deal to anybody. And so you take that moment and then every year after that, I'm just like, man, how do we take the money we spend on apparel in China and how do we put it with a company, a reputable company and sort of do like a co-op thing? And I went to Nike again. I think we got 15% off one time on some hoodies they couldn't sell um, and went, went back time and time again and constantly got rejected. Um, well, when we set up the league, when the league was all set up, I always got rejected with the, the uh, saying, we only do sports. We only do athletes. Like Nike, Nike represents the athlete. So when we set up the league, and I knew what the league was and, and, and how we were setting it up, we took it to Nike, and it sparked. It got a conversation going. We got a conversation with somebody else. They got a conversation with somebody else. We figured out a way to create a team Nike with a corporation. And we're utilizing that. We're the only Team Nike corporation because of that. Because I, sh I showed them the league. They walked through it. It was different. We were innovating, and they took a shot on it. That's the deal. Well, and it was cool because it was at a time when, um, I mean, you know, it's been a couple of years now. Yeah. But it was at a time when Nike is, you know, they were kind of the kings of that, like, you know, athlete slash lifestyle brand stuff. And they started to get a lot of... Um, competition from Adidas. Adidas had kind of re-upped. And then in the meantime, Under Armour, like, yeah. you know, created this. They yeah. had the under the, the like tight fitting shirts. Mm -hmm. And so I remember it was fun because I got to go to the, to the, you know, the meeting where, you know, we signed the agreement and stuff like that. And to hear Nike talk about what our sales reps were doing and how they saw it as a way to, to, I guess, influence another demographic. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, you guys have a sports background. I really don't, right? Like I didn't have any relationship with Nike until they started getting into like action sports. Yeah. But the fact that Nike validated the work that we were doing and they said, you guys are just like us. You're recruiting nationwide. You have teams set up. You have individual players. You have a platform that, that highlights these people. They're paid like athletes. We're going to support you. It was a massive like stamp of validation. And now it's what my family wears. We wear Nike stuff pretty much exclusively. And I always say, hey, you support the people that, that support you. <laughs> Nike and Vans. I have Vans on today. But a Nike shirt, right? Yeah, it looks good. But it was cool. Like that was something that like, again, for, for the people that work here, myself included, we could work anywhere. Like the guys can sell anywhere. But this is one of the very few places where you get to experience things. And I don't know how you put a dollar value on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, a, it, it's different. It's a differentiator. Um, I feel like g having that piece makes people feel just a little bit more special. Um, and you learn that the dollar only goes so far, especially with sales reps. You know, they can go out and make money. They can, they can wake up earlier. They can, you know, stay on the doors later, make more, more cold calls. Uh, but the dollar only goes so far. But if you can put something in front of them, they have to earn. That is that signifier that they earned it. Like they work, they work harder. They, they push harder. So how has your um, job evolved from a leadership standpoint? Cause it's not just you, you have a team and your team is incredible. And we feel the same way about your team that we feel about you. Literally every member we love, they're in our group chats. They, yeah. they they're included in our, in our decision-making and our strategy and our planning. We really feel like they're part of the team. So how, how has it developed from having these ideas and being a marketing guy to actually being a significant leader that runs a team that has to get your vision and turn that into production. Um, it, uh, it maybe goes back to what I said, like leaders can develop people by giving them the autonomy to go out and get a vision, like, like see the vision, but then go grow it. And I have a team that that's what they do. They literally take something as like a small idea and they grow it. This podcast is one of those things, right? Um, league TV, one of those things. Uh, even the competitions, all that competitions weren't something that we thought of. It's just something that we innovated on and, uh, and we grew. So you, you look at, you look at the team that I have and it's just a lot of people that want to work really hard. But I think one thing that we drive into our minds on a daily basis is that marketing is a service organization. We serve. 
So we don't want to get to a place where somebody's asking us something and we're telling them that's not our job. We want to get to a place where somebody's asking us something, they have a need and we're going to serve them. We're going to figure out how to uh, overcome that need for them, give them a solution. Even if it's not us personally doing the work, we're going to find a way to solve that, that problem. And, and one thing there is just infusing everybody. You said they're on your group chats. They're on, I want everyone to like be a part of the conversation because when they're a part of the conversation, they hear things, they think of things, they grow things when they're, you know, stuck on the side, they don't hear the thing that if I don't think of it, it doesn't happen, but that's not the way it is with our team. Like everyone has their thoughts. I mean, chance Allred, who I work for, he always says, if the janitor has the best idea, then we go with the janitor's idea. Like that's what we do. So, and then I would say with, with me, I was on a, a mentor thing the other day with some, with some college uh, kids. Um, and they asked about leadership and how my leadership has changed. And I think I've, gr- you know, I've grown within the company, but I think I've grown as a leader too. You said, uh, before we started this, like, didn't you start as a project manager? Yeah. I started as a project manager. When I came into the business, it was like, Hey, help us grow marketing, very small, small organization. And I became the project manager. And so I was managing projects. So to me, the tasks, like listing out the tasks and then checking them off was, I had to do that. And so when I first became a leader and I was managing other people, I was, that's how I managed them. Hey, write down your tasks and then check them off. Um, not the way to do it in my mind, not the way to do it. Hey, what do you want your tasks to be? Here's the problem we have to solve. What can we go do to solve that problem? And I've noticed as I've, as I've thought that way, the people that I work with have gotten way better and they've grown and those problems have been solved at a way higher rate. So I think just my, my management IQ has grown quite a bit. Well, I think it, it took me a while to really appreciate, um, how much influence you have on, um, where we as sales leaders are driving our, it's like, almost, it's almost like we have this like wind at our backs at all times. You know what I mean? It's like, we'll, we'll have a call with chance and he'll say, Hey, we need more front end volume or Hey, we're behind on permits right now or whatever. And then behind the scenes, he's having that same convo with Jason and they're orchestrating these massive incentives and ideas that drive that behavior that chance is asking us to also drive. So as a leader in the company, I think sometimes you get caught up thinking like, Oh, I'm this incredible manager. I just got my team to do this, this, that, or whatever. Um, but in reality, you had a ton of help from this like magical force behind the scenes that is driving all the behavior as well. And, and I think I kind of look at Jason and his team almost like the offensive line of our company. It's like we're the quarterbacks. A lot of times we get all the praise. Our DMs get a lot of praise, this, that, whatever. And Jason's team, it's like the offensive line that doesn't necessarily get a lot of praise. Yet without them, we can't score touchdowns. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool to see like where you guys have taken this. And, um, you know, I think I can speak for all of us. We're really appreciative of the work that you guys do behind the scenes. Thank you. I mean, it's, we get to have a ton of fun. Everyone on our team has, has a lot of fun. What's a, what's a tough leadership lesson that you've learned? Because, um, Amber Martindale actually said this on, um, when we are having a conversation with her that <clears throat> we're in sales. And so you're always being asked for things, mm-hmm. right? No one's never coming. No one's ever coming to me and saying, Hey, I found a way to save the company money. <laughs> right? <laughs> like they're always like, you know what we should do? That'd be better. Like the Rolex thing. That's yeah. great. You know, it'd be better. Right. And so, um, a lot of times receiving or delivering bad news or, you know, the, the challenges of being bilingual where you have to run a business and provide an experience is mm-hmm. difficult. Maybe if you can elaborate, what's something that was a struggle for you in your leadership development or, or uh, maybe like your favorite failure that, that, that you went through that helped you grow? Um, I think I, I've always been bought into like my ability to, um, <clears throat> to successfully like push something through like, or, or successfully run something like I have the solution. I'm going to go do it. The hardest thing that I had to learn and still learning it to this day is that, yeah, I might have the solution in my mind, but there's 20 other people that I work with and I got to get that solution in their mind because that thing's going to go a hundred times faster if I can get that solution into their mind. And if I can't, 
and I still need to push it, I'll still push it to the degree that I can. But that's really been the hardest, hardest piece. I'm, you know, I'm a sports guy. I've just always been like, hey, get me the ball, get me the ball. Like, I'll go do it. But whenever you get a, into a large organization and one, one like ours, what well, kudos to our organization for putting, backing, you know, putting the money behind all of this stuff that creates the, the tailwind. But when you get into a lar- large organization, there are going to be differences of opinion. And you just have to be able to work through those. And I've seen myself grow tremendously. I've seen people around me grow tremendously in figuring those things out and actually moving the company along at a way, you know, greater rate than than when we're just no my way's right your way's wrong i think you've gotten really good at hard conversations and i think um i don't know if you've had similar conversations but especially we don't have hard conversations well especially during especially today we haven't do you have hard conversations with more people than me especially (laughs) during especially during competitions there's maybe like three people in the company that can like put Ty and I, especially probably in our place, uh, when we're having these big heated arguments about like big scoring or whatever, it's like Jason will call me and be like, here's the deal. I need you to just be more supportive of this. Like he'll just like lay it into me and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I start the call like ready to like get in a fight with Jason. And then by the end of it, I'm like calling my dms i'm like stand down boys you know <laughs> and uh <laughs> and it's all because jason like just got me off the ledge quick you know and i think it's probably you chance and paul are like the three guys that can like sort of have those convos with you know ty and i and daryl and jordan probably so no i agree um, with that it, that's an evolution talk about that like have you have you noticed that yeah um do you feel like you had to earn your way into that hundred percent with us before even like finish that a hundred percent. And I think I earned my way in there by just serving. Like how, how do I make your job easier? Cause Mm -hmm. the more I can make your job easier, the more you can respect like my opinion, because you know that my heart's in the right place. Like I, I want, I want you to grow same with people I work with. Like my, my employees or people that work for me, I want them to grow. And so if they know my heart's in the right place, then I can have a hard conversation with them because they know that I have their best interests at mind. Do you feel like you won me over in the early days? Um, like, I, I don't know if I was like completely bought in on Delstra in the early days. And I feel then, like every one of your relationships starts like that. Well, what's up with it you, wasn't, man? That, wasn't so much <laughs> what's that. that what's, what's, what's I, was like, I was like, man, he's kind of like annoying. Like, he's like always like telling us what, like this, that, whatever. But then like he just slowly, I just started to realize like how pure his intent was always. And also just how unbiased and fair and just all that. And like, I mean, it did, it wasn't a long buy-in. I mean, it was like, you know, a couple of weeks kind of thing. So, uh, we've had hard conversations. Oh. Ty and I have had hard conversations. I think what it comes, I think what it comes back to is like, where do we both want to go? Yeah. Where do all of us want to go? Like we want this company to grow. And so if we're all thinking that way, then it doesn't matter what I say, what you say, like we're going to get to the right uh, Ty and I had a really hard conversation the other day. We came out to, with the right solution for that conversation, even though starting the conversation, we had two totally different opinions, but we came out the right way. Cause that was the right thing for the company. Um, and I, I don't, I, I've always been that way where I, I feel like I can sit back and I can see, and I'm in a spot where I can do that too. Like I'm in, you know, executive meetings, I'm in the sales meetings, I'm in the marketing meetings, I'm in, I'm in all these different places, I can sit back and I can see the whole landscape of things. And a lot of times that's what you need to be able to make like a conscious good decision is you have to be able to see all sides of things. And so I, I, I've been pretty lucky in that aspect of my career. And then I've taken advantage of it. Um, the thing about the thing with hard conversations is guess who else I have hard conversations with my wife, my kids, my best friends, like, if you're not as a leader, if you're scared of hard conversations or you're not having them, they're born out of love. I wouldn't waste my time with a hard conversation yeah. with you if I didn't really love you because what's the point? Yeah. yeah. Like, yep. and if, and if we weren't, and the, the thing about that conversation is it was eight o'clock at night preempting something that we saw coming, which is a massive improvement because what we used to do is deal with React. things way after the fact and mm-hmm. it was a you know but the fact is this was a group of people after hours who care about the business who cared about the people that we were talking about 
trying to find a solution and then we found the right solution. So I think, um, you know, that saying a true friend stabs you in the front. Like it's like, (laughs) I do that all the time. Do you know what that's from? It's from the best movie ever. Can't hardly wait. It's uh, Denise Fleming's quote in her yearbook thing. (laughs) What? Did you know that? Denise Fleming? Denise Fleming, dude. But it's really true because it's like, Hey, am I ever going to pull you aside and be like, Hey, I felt like if I don't care, no. So like, I hope that, you know, leaders, that's one of the hardest things when you get into a leadership position, especially in this industry, because we manage friends, we manage family, Mm -hmm. like, right. We've, we've both worked with siblings and things like that. And so I think as you evolve as a leader and you care, there's a, you should look forward to the opportunity to have those kind of conversations because then you grow and you come out of it and everybody's better, you know? Well, it's the one, it's the, the one to the head, not five to the chest. And I think you're really good at that part of it. Like when you have an issue with one of us, you don't, you know, beat around the bush with it. It's just like you, you, it's just one bullet. Well, to one, the head. One, one thing too is I don't, Denise Fleming did not say that is I don't, I don't one go to tie. <laughs> I don't go to tie about Adam. Right. Right. I don't go to Adam about Ty. Like, I think that's a huge mistake that so many people make. Correct. They go to somebody else about somebody that they're really close to. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, it's like, in my mind, I'm like, D- D- should I call them in? Like, what, what should we, let, yeah. let's figure this thing out. And so I, you know, word of advice, go right to them. If you're friends with them, if you work with them, um, if you're trying to build something with them, just go right to them and, and communicate. And my family is actually really good at that. Like my dad was really good at that. My mom was really good at that. Like my, my wife always laughs because um, my family never has a, a disagreement for like longer than 30 seconds because we'll disagree. But are they passionate while you have them? hundred <laughs> percent. I've seen you on, like, the, I've imagine, seen you on the football the field, dude. The most passionate, <laughs> like the most imagine passionate Imagine playing Monopoly ever. with the Delstras. <laughs> yeah, you know dude, what I mean? Like how, many table, how many Monopoly boards get flipped at your house? You dude. Know? When we used to play Risk, my dad had this thing where it was called the atomic bomb on the Risk. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I was winning, boom, done. But that, but that's the thing. My dad, like, he would, he would, you know, look at me in the eyes, just be like mad about something, whatever it was, and then he'd walk away. And then thirty seconds later, he came back. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm so, I'm sorry we had to have that conversation." Even if he was right, like, he he would take that, and I, I think I've learned that. You know, my mom's my mom's the same way. Um, it, it, it's just, I think that's healthy. It's you know, who's really, one of the really best healthy. at that is Mike brand. Cause like Mike brand <laughs> will blow up on a text thread. And then by the time I call him, he answers he's like, I'm sorry, put me back in the thread. I'll fix it. <laughs> it's so fast. And so I love good. that about him. You know? It's a good quality. Uh, yeah. I'd say that's debatable, <laughs> but, um, where do you see the league in the next five years? Um, well, Sunrun in, in general, like we are on fire, like we are going places. Um, I don't think I've ever seen this big of tailwind at a company I've been at and I've been at, you know, amazing, amazing places. Like we are growing like crazy. Like that, that what we have in front of us is going to change the world. Like energy, Sunrun, what we're doing, what we're pushing to people, we're going to change the world. I'm excited because I get a help from my end, you know, sales marketing. I get to help influence that the entire time we're doing it. Batteries. Yeah. Everyone should have a battery with their solar system. Well, I'm going to help influence that. I'm going to help our sales reps get batteries into homes, grid services, whatever it may be. Like I'm going to help influence those things and have those conversations. So I'm, you know, we're, you guys should be excited. Well, it it goes back to like you guys, your team and all of us together get to be the storytellers, Yeah. you know? And if you think back in history, like the storytellers like influence the way the world is actually seen. And that's like, that's what was really different about Apple. Like they were the storytellers and what they were able to do was say, Hey, this is what we believe. And then create this movement that people followed, which I agree with you, man, with Sunrun, like even the momentum that we have now, but the things that are going to innovate is batteries, microgrids, mm-hmm. different um, channels, different departments. Like we have, we have a whole swath of like the direct sales industry that will, will come into us with, with some of the programs that we're creating. And that's a, that's a freaking ton of work to do. But it, every, every quarter I get my mind open to how much bigger this thing is than I thought it was previously. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. You take the equity piece, right, that we just had a little bit ago, and it's just mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing that that happened, and we were able to be a part of it at that time. I feel like every time uh, Jason, like, goes to the drawing board of, like, how to, you know, move the needle on incentives or whatever, it's like chance or finance or whoever is like, oh, hey, by the way, Jason, here's another Gatling gun to work with with this, yeah. with, this, <laughs> with, this uh, with this battle we need. He's like, ooh, fight. shiny. Do you, would you like some tanks with this battle? And Jason's like, sure. And then, you know, he's just like, it's like you're going to battle with these incredible arsenal of, like, weapons to use to help move the needle with uh, what we're trying to do. And then it's your job to figure out how to use them all. Yeah. You know? We, we are extremely creative, but we're also extremely like detail oriented on how we're going to accomplish it. And I think that makes it easy for finance. Yeah. If they can see how the numbers are going to pan out. Right. I don't think you answered what your favorite failure was. I need to know about a time when coach D was down. Like what's, what's the time? Yeah, where you which, intramural, like, which intramural game did you blow? <laughs> Dude. But Hey, I'll be I, honest. Like, I passed out while trying out for the BYU football team. <laughs> all, <laughs> straight up. All pa- pass- heart. Rudy Rudiger over there, just dude. Just old JD on the ground. Just that was it, man. That was that down. was my shot. And you were gutted. <laughs> you were in tears. Oh, well, everything works out though, right? Everything does work. What's out. your favorite failure, Jason? I want you to know about passing out and <laughs> yeah, this in isn't, football this doesn't this question's count. not going away, Jace. I think it's important for leaders to um, acknowledge that kind of stuff because you know I can think of a handful of them, not yours. I can give yours. I can answer that. Go for it. I can answer that. But I would say, you know, I never look at, and this is so cliche, but I never look at anything as a failure ever. So I've been here for what, 12, 13 years. I've been passed up on promotions so many times, but I don't look at them as failures. I look at them as, okay, who's coming in? And we've had some amazing people come in above me, but everyone that's coming above me, I've thought to myself, I can do that job better than them. But what a, instead of being grumpy and like stomping my feet, I go into the meetings with them. I listen to them. I learn from them. And then from that, I take what everything that they know, I put it into my, my tool belt and I move on. And so I think, you know, I, I haven't, and it, you know, maybe we can put this on thing. When uh, one of our VPs of marketing got hired and they, they, they gave him an office up here on the up on the fifth floor right and I had worked so hard and I had created so much like tailwind and I just felt like dude I'm doing amazing things and then that happened bam yeah and then there's someone else with their name and title on a door uh, a, a glass door that slides open and shut they have a nice seat and a nice computer and you know and I, I looked at that and you know what I did I took a picture of it I took a picture of it and I sent it to my wife and I said, Hey, mark this. Cause I'm going to, this is going to be me soon. Well, I have the picture of that office, that door. I have their name on it. Um, I move into that office next week. And like that to me was a failure success. Yeah. That's great. It's man. just keep, keep plugging because failures like, Dude, I've failed so many times. I missed a I missed a shot in a junior high uh, semifinal game in a game we should have won. I missed the shot and then fouled out the next second, and we went into overtime and we lost. And like I, I think about that all the time, you know. And, and you guys still, are sports people, right? Still You're sports people. It. I think about that hey, all the time. Maybe it's time to let that one go. Hey, I can't. I can't let Jace. that one go. Oh, no, I let's, missed, let's drop it. Let's I missed. Clear uh, that one. I missed an interception one time. Like I, I think of those things, but they always made me better. Mm-hmm. They literally always made me better. Um. I think we should end on this story, which is, I know this wasn't your direct department, but it was, I know where you're going. <laughs> uh, I would really like you to retell the story of Jared Futch <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just bring, bring a polo, polo at br- the president, bring the polo bring, and the president, no, bring the audience, tell the story, Jason, come on, this give it like, needs like, respect. This like is... do the story justice. Okay. Um, explain to everyone who's new at the company, who, Jared is like how it all got set up. It was like, Lance. What ha- oh, Lance, sorry. Yeah, it's I'm Lance. Sorry. I'm thinking of Jared Fitch, but it's Lance, Lance Funch. Lance Funch. All right. Yeah. Similar. So I've already botched it. So <laughs> yeah, like we need context, everything. All right. All right. Gather in. Gather in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about a time that we screwed up. Speaking um, of failures. <laughs> yeah. So this was a failure for sure. But, um, 
So, uh, you know, renewable energy, uh, it's popping. Um, we have, we have a CEO that, uh, Butterfield at the time. And, uh, and, uh, we have me and Butterfield is pretty new. And then we have a PR director and we get a phone call one time and it's, it's a, a phone call saying, Hey, the president of the United States of America, the president of the United States of America, Barack Obama, Barack Obama is going, is going to be in Utah and he wants to go to Hill Air Force Base. And when he goes there, you know, he's going to have a meeting. We want to have people from our companies. He's going to talk about energy and the energy, you know, uh, place energy in general, like where we're moving it, the, the vision, the future. We want people from our company to be there to greet him. Okay. That was a story I got told. Be there to greet him. So I asked, so I asked, okay, what does that mean? Andrew, have you heard this story? So I asked, a- Andrew, Andrew, uh, I asked, what does that mean? Oh, well, when the president comes, we want to have people like there to greet him because we don't want it to be empty when he comes. So they're just going to stand there and wave. And it was like, uh, I, I think so. Well, who do they want? Well, I was thinking about sending, and this is the person talking to me. I was thinking about sending someone that has been in the military, you know, um, let, let, let's, um, let, let's send some, um, some veterans. Like, okay. Um, I mean, they're going to greet him. That's great. Let, let, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Um, all right. Sounds good. I was like, should I call Butterfield and just talk through it with him? No, I already talked to him. Okay. Hang up. I call Butterfield because I'm like, Hey, I think you should go to this thing because even if you're just standing there, uh, going to wave at him, maybe we can have a photo op like Butterfield. Like yeah. I can, I can get far away. We can make it look good, whatever camera yeah. tricks, I have Cam- a, camera tricks, whatever. I have a pick with Tiger Woods when he like walked through the yeah. gallery once and like my friend yeah. timed and it perfectly now. and I'm like, <laughs> just like time. Yeah. Perfect. So in my mind, I'm like, that would be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, and, and so talking, uh, to Butterfield, you know, he was convinced that we're just, we're just waving at him. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. You know, and he had meetings that day and, you know, driving all the way to Layton to wave at the president as he walks, you know, 400 yards away from you, probably not the best thing for, for him to be doing that day. So, you know, we, we let that happen. Well, we, uh, put a, uh, an email out to the entire company. We're like, Hey, who, who can go represent us? Cause we need someone to represent us when the president of the United States of America <laughs> shows up at Hill Air Force Base. And so we find somebody, his name is Lance Futch and look him is, up on Facebook. He is a CAD, he is a CAD technician and a very, very good one. Like very, very, very good. Top notch. And yeah. Top notch. Everybody loved Futch. Like everybody loved Fudge, so um, so we're so like. Hold on, say that one more time. Everybody loved Fudge, so um, so we send we send Fudge, and and in my mind, waving at the president, he is a fine person to go and represent the company, um, and I've talked to him before. You know, he loves his job, and so a good perk. Yeah, right? good kid. A good kid. A good perk for him to go and, and, and wave at the president as he walks 400 yards away. So he asked, Hey, what should I wear? Can I get some, uh, can I get some Vivint solar apparel? Like, yeah, sure. Come get some. He came, we gave him like four polos. Uh, one was a white polo and, uh, I think it had orange, like on the, on the neck. It, you can look it up. It's all, on, more, it, it's all, orange, it's all on Reddit. Some orange trim. It's all on Reddit, some whatever. Orange trim on so, so we send him. He wore his best orange trim polo. <laughs> so he goes and we have him. So here's, here's what blows my mind. He goes and we have him meet with somebody. If he's just going there to wave at the, at the president, why is he going to meet with somebody? So he goes and he meets this person. Wait, hold on. Who, how did you find out who's meeting someone? Because um, they asked who who will it be and when will they be here. Okay. And so we said. You so know, the day of the day of the mm-hmm. event, all of a sudden you get a message. Hey, who's going to be? What time is he going to be here? Yes. And you're like, wait. Normal. When you're like, that's and, normal. And so in our mind, we're like, okay, where's he? And the, by the way, these conversations weren't with me. They were with our PR director. Got it. But I'm. But who's certainly nameless? She is amazing. She is. She was great. She was so good. And so I think. 
I think communication was just bad. She's on top of it. It was just so bad. But anyways, meet, meet with somebody. So that should have given us a clue there that they're going to meet with somebody. So he gets there, and the person that he's meeting with takes him into Hill Air Force Base, into a room with a round table, okay? A boardroom. A boardroom with a round table, and on the table is his name, <laughs> Lance Futch. On a plaque. Vivint Solar. Okay? <laughs> on the table. Yep. Next to him is our governor, which I can't remember uh, who it was at Herbert. the time. Herbert. I don't think it was Herbert, but maybe it was Herbert. Herbert, right? Governor Herbert. Governor. Governor. Cad Tech. Cad Tech. Yes. Lance Futch. First year Cad uh, Tech. Governor Lance Herbert. Futch. Vivint Solar. Yes. Governor Next, Herbert. Herbert. Okay. Next to Governor Herbert. Barack Obama, <laughs> president of the United States of America. And then we have so many other people in that room, dignitaries. I mean, you can go look it up. I can't, I can't remember the name. Herbert, Top business people. Obama. They are all dressed up in a suit. And the first thing I see is a story that gets sent to me that says man in polo meets the president. <laughs> Actually, if you search that tagline, man in polo meets the president, you it find will it. pull up. Number one. And he was asked, he was asked questions during yep. the during He was the asked, day. what, do, like, what do we take, need? Given his take on renewable energy. What you know? do we need to do to move renewable energy forward Obama's asking in him. Utah? <laughs> He's like... He's Mr. like, hey, man, like, so, no. so Lance tells a story, right? Lance tells a story to Evan, who, who was his like superior. Lance tells a story to Evan. He asked me this question. I had the perfect answer. Well, Mr. President, what we need to do. And just listening to Evan tell that story, I could only imagine like Lance. I mean, what a once in a lifetime. Oh my God. Like imagine dude, for him just to walk go do that. this meeting. He must've been, he walked in, saw the table. At what point did it dawn on him? He was a little he out of his league. In, I don't think, I don't think, dude, he took it. He kind of owned it. He, he just owned sat owned up it. and smiled. You I can see the him. He was, he hey, was like, and no disrespect like, to Lance. We'd be telling the same story if it was oh, Adam McClellan yeah, at yeah. the table. Yeah, no, dude, like, Lance, the president was here. like, "Hey, man, I got a call, job. You were called. Many are chosen. I, I always tell whatever I, I always say to Butterfield. I always like, hey, remember that time you were supposed to meet the president of the United States of America? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. now we, from our perspective, all of a sudden, Jason likes text the group chat, and he's like, guys." We got a story. And then it was like a photo appears. Oh, it and it's one of our it cat still texts shows up in the next threads to, every yeah, now and No, then. it's amazing. It's a le- it's a vivid solar legend. It's a legend. Yeah. yeah. That was great. Um well you thanks thanks for your time. Um, are you closing or <laughs> am I supposed to close? I mean, no, you, you literally just said this is we'll, the last question. Let us, let us do it. Let yeah, us close. We'll close. You're the guest. Yeah, we'll, okay. Let us take All right. Can I talk about some more things? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some more things. Jason, thank um, you so much for all you do for us. No, I got, I got some more okay, things to talk go. about. Um, <laughs> some people I need to mention. My dad. Yes. Did I already mention him? Yep. Sam. My mom. Yeah. Sam mm-hmm. and Laurie and my yep. sister, Jessica. Yep. Shay. My wife, Shaylee. My kids, Brooklyn, Reagan, and Jason Briggs. We love them all. <laughs> Jane, Griff, kids I you have. Um, I have five, and they're amazing. They're the, they're the best. Go uh, on. Any, yeah, I. Anything my, else, my, Jace? Um, I mean, let, my, my grandma passed away yesterday. We should probably mention that she was a huge influence in my life. Like, is this an award I'm winning? Because I, like this is what I was, but she did. And, and uh, I mean, my grandma was just, I don't, I, I don't, she was at every single one of my sporting events, every single one. Bless her heart. And uh, when we were talking to her like a couple weeks ago with my kids, um, they asked like what my favorite thing about my grandma was. And I was just like that she cared. Right. And well, so that's what I, I would say. That's one of your biggest strengths. So I, let's point it right back to that. Right. And, it, it, and, and so when it would be a miss. If I didn't mention her on the electric grandma, what's podcast her, what's what's that I have, what's her name? Amy Thomas, grandma Thomas, Patricia Heaton. You guys know who Patricia Heaton is? Yeah, of course you know who Patricia Heaton is. Why would I know who Patricia Heaton? Everyone loves Raymond. Yeah, she's the, so, she's every, his wife on everyone loves Raymond. Ray Ramona's oh. wife. Anyways, my grandma was obsessed with her. So you go into my grandma's room and all around her, like, you know how most, <laughs> most rooms have a big old mirror. Right? Just like a shrine. No, she's got pictures of all of her grandkids. And then a picture of a of a child of a baby, like a maybe a two year old, and I was like, "Who's this?" 
Patricia Heaton. So that's my grandma. She has all her grandkids and then Patricia Ty, Heaton. We've never a, ended a podcast like well, this listen, ever. I, I, just say, want, I just I, wanted to drop the mic. I love it. So Hey, well, uh, to your legacy, your fingerprints are all over this place. You're, a, you're an irreplaceable part of the team. And it's been awesome to sit down and chat with you, dude. So thank yeah, you. Thank, thanks it, for man. the invite. Thank you for sharing with us. So, and thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another episode of Electric People. And shout out to Patricia Heaton. <laughs> If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.